Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you, February 15th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Roll Radio. Okay. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day and having a great start to their hump day. Game day edition of KRC. UK takes on Mississippi State in an important game, but aren't they all 830 Tonight, it'll be a late one. Nick Rush, how was your Valentine's Day? It was, um... Was it magical? No. You wouldn't use the word magical? No, no. It was fine. Um, baby was, you know, only partially fighting sleep last night. So, you know, okay. I watched a bad, corny movie that I still need to finish. Didn't didn't get didn't get the end part where the guy gets the girl. It oh. was uh, Maid of Honor, which 2006 chick flick with Patrick Dempsey and uh, Tom Brady's first wife, uh, Meg, Meg, Michelle. I don't know. She's very average looking woman. Um, Would you say that she's homely looking? I mean, she's just like the most normal looking like celebrity person. It's like the opposite of. Ma- 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 I think it's Monahan is how you would say. Okay. It. But um, the it, she goes to Scotland for work a month later is eloping with this Scottish duke who's just amazing mm-hmm. and um, the best part is when they bring him over and he's like trying to show up the guy and he's like I'm gonna have him play basketball but the fellas and this is mind you like 2006 so like they're all wearing like um, not cut off shirts but like Nike. Like made like sleeveless shirts that are made that way, baggy shorts, and they're dribbling, and they're so bad at basketball. They're so bad, but they're dominating. They're like, "Yeah, we got this guy." And um, at one point, he just goes up to dunk, and it's very clearly not him jumping up and dunking. And everybody's just like, oh, "The guy can dunk!" And so they, he just spends the whole game. This guy's just dunking on them the entire time, and it's horribly edited. Very funny. Sounds like a terrible movie. Oh, yeah. So bad. I think it has a 16 on Rotten Tomato. 16%. Oh, that's too generous. Scooch, this is where you come in and say you can't always go off the, the scores. It sounds like in this case you can. Okay. 
Scooch, how was your Valentine's Day? It was good. Uh, I lost a little too much money betting basketball last night. It's, things just did not go my way. So it could have been better. I could have had a date. Could have had a nice little meal. Some candy. Didn't get any of that. Just got uh, some betting losses and some slidey platties. So it was it was good. That's nice that you ended up having a nice one. You should have hopped on the LSU and Providence train. Yeah, I, that was the thing. I hopped on all the wrong trains. Yeah, if I, I was trying, to, I was trying to get to New York. I took the I took the train to L.A. Not mm. good. What was the what What did you bet? Uh, it was all over Missouri. Oh, hell um, nice. I had the Bucks as well minus nine. They end up winning by six. What? Is, yeah, not you, good. You seem to have lost some money on Missouri. This this was a Roush. Like I liked Missouri. Yeah, it was I, I did listen part. to Roush. Yeah. He because you know why are you listening to somebody well, that says they haven't watched any college basketball well, this year? Because uh, so no, in our much. in our yeah. KRC parlay, Roush never gives us a confident pick. Well, he came in the studio yesterday about midway through Spears. We were in our second break, and he goes Missouri minus six, and the conviction he plus had in his seven. voice, or yeah, plus six and a half. The conviction he had in his voice, I was like, man, yeah. Roush, is, Roush really believes in this one. There seems to be some misconception about this Missouri team. And also, I think, are, aren't you just an Auburn hater? Haven't you made that clear? No, well, my, my thought was uh, just had a heartbreaking loss at home. Like, Missouri's played well on the road as of late. Uh, do I trust Auburn? No. So I, I thought they would have a little bit of a letdown last night. See, I would think in that situation, like they just lost one against their biggest rival, they're going to come out mad and you know really want to beat somebody down. Oh, in hindsight, that was clear, <laughs> very clear. <laughs> Could go uh, one of either two ways on it. I uh, and, and part of it too is I was I was willing to share that knowledge because uh, Spears had just talked about all of his losses over the weekend. So I was like, okay, well here I'll, I'll share what I'm. I'll, t- I'll take a look at the board and see what I like today. And I was like, ooh, Missouri catching some points on the road? Okay. Did Missouri, Did uh, Spears like the Missouri pick? I don't, I don't recall. So he places his bets before his show. So even if he did like it, it wasn't like he went back to the betting yeah. parlor and threw it down. Gotcha, gotcha. He's got, a, he's got a strict amount that he bets every day, and he will not go back after I, he's I, hit that amount. I do appreciate Spears just like, you know, you said it's like kind of traditional radio. He's just like going down the card. I'm, I'm glad that you've tuned into Spears for the first time now. Yes, I love he, it. He he does. <laughs> he just uh, that's a lot of it. But then he's got his takes. He's got his stakes, and uh, he's unpredictable. And Especially that's good after a, a long weekend, too. So, uh, he, had, he had some some fiery takes yesterday. Uh, we're gonna have Derek Terry on. We're gonna have Derek Terry on about now. Oh, okay, awesome. So I wonder if he's got any. Wait, I need to call him bet, now. You would you would need to call him. Yes. Okay. Since, since you cool. since, since you the number, um, we're gonna talk to Batcats because the season starts. Roush, if you can believe it, on Friday, as UK takes on Elon on the road. Oh, the fighting Joel Justices. The fighting Elon Musk. Which shout out to uh, he just had a baby. Or his wife just had a baby. Elon Musk or Joel Justice? Joel Justice. Joel Justice did just have a baby, uh, which is exciting. But we're going to talk. Elon Musk, right here on my Twitter page, as soon as he said that. Is, is the computer listening? It must be. Oh. But baseball season already here, if you can believe it. And Derek Terry's here as well. Derek, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, TJ. How you been? 
been doing been doing all right. Uh, I've I so I was going to ask how is life outside the journalism business, but here you are again writing about the Batcats. Yeah, no, well, to answer your question, though, it's good. Uh, this is, whenever I feel like it, you know, the schedule is, is good. This is a fun hobby, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit rusty on radio. It's, it's been over a year since anyone's asked me to be on their show, TJ, so. You've always you you've always been a pro. Uh, you it's like riding a bicycle, <laughs> and we appreciate you getting up early and and taking the time. Uh, I this is probably the the I've never claimed to be a UK baseball expert, but I think I know less about this team going into this season than I have since before I was in college uh, when in regards to UK baseball. So I know nothing about this group. I've been pretty vocal that I think the program needs to go in a different direction. The bar set really low for me, Derek, in terms of UK exceeding expectations. I think an NCAA tournament seems unlikely. It'll probably be similar to last year where they're fighting just to get into the SEC tournament. Uh, am I wrong? Is it going to be better than that? In your opinion, do they have the pieces to be able to compete? We went back and forth a little bit, and I appreciate that. That was the most I've heard or, or learned about this baseball team at all. But is there any reason for optimism going into the 2023 season? Yeah, I think there's reason for optimism to an extent. Um, I think the the thing that's hard to get past once you're going to see in preseason coverage, um, I mean, there's just so many new players. You're, you're probably looking at a lineup on Friday that will have eight new players in it, uh, either via transfer or a couple, uh, two, most likely James McCoy, an outfielder, and Emilian Petrie, a second baseman, who were in the program last year but weren't starters. So... The makeup of this team is probably going to be three uh, guys that UK recruited out of high school in the starting lineup, and then six uh, transfers. So there's just a lot of unknowns. You know, can you bank on that many guys? Most of most of them are coming up a level. Um, guys who played uh, non-power fives, uh, but in baseball, it's not always a a great indicator. Of, it's, I don't think it's as big of a challenge is what you might see in, in, in football, for example. I mean, last year's SEC Player of the Year came from Sanford, and the SEC Reliever of the Year, uh, who was at Kentucky, came from Lipscomb. So, guys could have good seasons in that regard, but can you have, you know, it's just a lot of guys you're going to need to click. Uh, and then pitching, kind of the same deal. Uh, Logan Martin won the Friday night job. He'll start Friday against Elon. Um, he was pitching at uh, the School of the South last year. So, Good stuff. I mean, he was a top 500 draft uh, prospect on Baseball America by the end of the season last year. So, I mean, I think he has the, you know, kind of the, the skills that you would need, the, you know, 94, 95 mile per hour fastball, good breaking ball. But it's a little bit different whenever you're facing uh, some of these teams that he's going to see on Friday night. So, I guess the long way to answer your question is uh, I think there are more high ceiling guys on this team that, you know, if a few of the guys really do click, I think. Um, individually, there might be some better talent. It's just collectively, I do think it is kind of asking for a lot for it all to come together in one year like this. Yeah, that, that's that's where I was leaning. Bringing in a bunch of good uh, new players off a team that wasn't very good uh, last season. They did finish the year pretty well, but that was basically about it. Uh, that's not a bad thing because you bring in new players, maybe it means they're good and, and they're ready to go. Uh, but when you do have your Friday night starter coming from the D3 level, 
could be good, as you mentioned, and uh, he had opportunities to to potentially go professionally and was ranked high, as you had you have said. But if the season doesn't go great, people are just going to look back and be like, "Well, your Friday night starter was a Division three transfer." Like, it, yeah. I think that the the you're going to be able to poke holes at this roster if it doesn't go as planned. And if it doesn't go as planned for Nick Mangione, will this be his final season in Lexington, Derek? Um, well, I think the I'd say two things there. Um, first one being contractually, they're kind of back to where they were in 2021 uh, with the extension that he got them, which, I mean, I do think by and large was, was kind of seen as a confusing extension. Um, I don't think it was back on track, though, to be honest. Um, but with the buyout, in, in SEC athletic department terms, it's about as easy as it would be to get out of a contract after the season. It'd only be $575,000 for uh, one more year. Hmm. So in that regard, yeah, I don't really understand the – I think I understand the contract, right? And basically, his contract is through 2025. But with the buyout, if he's terminated before June 30th of this year – they only have to pay him through uh, June of 2024. So, mm. pretty cheap to get out of if that's the route to go. I mean, if, if he is, you know, let go, it's not going to be over over money. It's very easy to get out of that contract. Um, I, I think the one thing that would probably be a really hard sell to bring him back is if they win fewer SEC games. You, you kind of mentioned it earlier. I mean, they had to. They, they did play really well at the end of the season last year, and I, and I would argue that. Compared to 2021, last year's team did have a lot uh, better quality wins. I mean, they had 13 wins against teams in the RPI Top 25, which is a pretty impressive number. If they had the rest of the resume, I mean, say they win two or three more SEC games, you're probably talking about hosting with the quality of wins that they had, but just the overall resume was not there. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I think if they only win, I don't know, 10, 11 league games, if you don't make it to Hoover, it would be five straight years at that point. Um, not counting the pandemic year, that they missed out on the tournament. And uh, as of now, you know, once John Cohen got hired in 2004, this has never been a program that's consistently gone to the NCAA tournament, but their longest drought had been three years. And that was Gary Henderson's first three years. And then he broke through in year four, uh, went to the tournament in 12 and 14. So, you know, you're currently on the longest uh, dry spell since 2004, so I think that's already kind of a, 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 I wouldn't say an issue, but, you know, it's that's working against them, I would say, Mingeon. I mean, that, I do think it's pretty critical that uh, they either get to the tournament or, like, they're legitimately a bubble team and not kind of how it's been the last few years. Like, I know it is media day, so they've been, like, one or two wins away. Maybe that was true to an extent last year. That was not true two years ago in 2021. Yeah. Um so for this upcoming year, I mean, if they actually are like truly right on the bubble, I could see them. You know, I could see Mitch just going through uh, with another season because I do think they're doing some pretty good things in recruiting. I think the roster is kind of getting smoothed out a little bit, and they had so much turnover and still do for this season. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think with that contract, like I was mentioning, it seems like you'll either have a situation where they overachieve and then make the tournament he probably gets a brand new deal or you know it might be time to to look into something else if it's just you know obvious that it's not going to be getting much better but 
Um, going back to what you said earlier, I, I think they might be in a similar situation last year where it's, you know, 12, 13, 14-ish type wins in the league. Yeah, and that's what that's what concerns me a little bit. We're talking with Derek Terry. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Derek S. Terry. And if you are a fan of UK baseball and you want to keep up with the season that starts on Friday, make sure you're subscribed to his Substack, BatCatCentral.substack.com. Somebody's using that branding. Uh, yeah, not, uh, not, not, not the not actual UK. UK makes no sense which but. is wild but that's one of my concerns Derek is that this and I don't think it's going to happen but where UK has a average but decent season playing in the best conference in America they sneak into the tournament one of the last teams in they promptly go 0-2 in the regional uh, or you know 1-2 and don't really threaten for a super regional and Mitch Barnard says you know what this is progress because technically it would be but it just feels like there's no life in the baseball program right now. And this is a baseball program when it's doing well, it's played in front of packed crowds and it's mm-hmm. been played in their home stadiums have been full. Hasn't been Kentucky proud park, although that series against Tennessee last year was pretty good. But the, the, the good news and the bad news, the, the bad news is you have this new stadium, one of the nicest in the conference, and it's just basically since empty more times than not because nobody wants to go watch uh, baseball is not the most popular sport in Kentucky, and a bad U.K. baseball team just isn't going to get butts in the seats. The good news is, whenever U.K. baseball does get good again and does have momentum, and I hope it is under Mingione, I just don't think it will be, uh, a lot of U.K. fans are going to be like, oh, wow, we've got a new baseball. It, it'll feel new whenever it eventually gets full again. But I do have this concern that just a little bit of progress is going to be affirmation for Mitch Barnhart that he's made the right choice sticking by his guy and you know what let's let's hang with it so uh, I, I you know I, I don't know if my question it's so much more of a comment that I'm wanting you to, to comment back on talk about but it's a it's a I don't want to say talk about Ralph but it's a little concerning that maybe just a little bit of progress is going to be all that Mitch Barnhart needs to see where I feel like a place like UK every so often should get a super regional god forbid when you're seeing Tennessee and Louisville do it uh, more frequently yeah, I mean, I, I do think um, it, I, I would operate under the assumption that, you know, Mitch does not want to fire Nick Mingian. I think he likes him. I think he likes the idea of, of Nick leading the program. I think he, you know, all, all the all the well-rounded aspects, I would say, of a baseball program, the, the community leadership, the, uh, you know, I think almost every baseball team in the country has a good GPA. But UK's is always one of the better ones on campus. Um in those regards, I think he likes the idea uh, of Mingio leading the program. Um, and your fear, I mean, I, I think, like I said with the contract, I mean, I think that's a real thing. I think if they just make the tournament this year, I, I would, I would about guarantee he would get a brand new, probably uh, a contract that would be basically starting over at, uh, you know, it'd be like a five-year deal. Because right now he's kind of got the Mark Stoops thing that Mark used to have, where if you just make the NCAA regional, you get a one-year. Um, automatic extension. So, I think I think Mitch is probably just looking for enough progress to, to um, totally get him off the hot seat. And maybe I mean maybe that's all that they need. You know, if you're if you're Minge, I think they're in this thing where you know no one really says it out loud. Where it's like he's coaching for his job, but everybody like kind of knows you have to win more in the SEC. So he's trying to basically year over year go to the portal to, to get as good of a team as possible 
to try to win. And I think until you can get out of that cycle uh, and be able to breathe a little bit, I just think it's going to be a hard thing because they do have a, a little bit bigger high school class this year. I think they have like 16 signees. Um, but this has not been a program that's typically played a ton of freshmen, and I don't know if that's a philosophical thing or if they just aren't recruited well enough um, to have guys who can come in here and play right away. But like I said earlier, I mean, I think they uh, 2024, 2025, those classes are, are quite good, but it's, it's one, it's so far off, and two, it's, you know, the process is just crazy. You never know who's actually going to show up on your campus. Now you have the portal, too, um, where you can just go and get guys. So the whole roster building, I think, has been a challenge. It's, that's probably the number one thing for for UK baseball. It's nine. I don't think Nick, Nick Mangione's incompetent. I don't think he doesn't know how to lead a program. It's been talent acquisition, especially high school, early mm-hmm. in the senior. They don't get enough good players. And that's why you're still in a spot here, about to be seven years in, where most of your lineup is coming from the outside. And that's because they've not really done a good enough job. And then once the portal did become available, I think they've kind of shifted the recruiting to be heavier in that regard um, than with the high school recruiting. But I think they're getting back to the spot where they're leveling out. So I'm not someone who would say that it's hopeless under Mingeon. I can see some good things. But, I mean, it is the elephant in the room. I mean, I don't know that they got to win. I mean, you have to win this year. I think you have to at least legitimately compete for a regional tournament. Um, And if not, I mean, you might just have people – you know, totally off board because it, it would have been quite a while since they made it back to the Insular Regional. And to your point, that's not – I really shouldn't be a huge goal, in my opinion, for any program. I mean, that should be – even out of school where you don't go very much, I mean, I think one out of every two or three years you should be you should be in a regional and, and you know, at least a contender to win a regional every few years. Totally agree with that. Uh, my last baseball question, Derek, and – uh, it's going to be about a month before they get into SEC play, and they'll start, you know, just every series there is going to be challenging. It'll start St. Patrick's Day weekend against Mississippi State. Until then, though, they've got one, two, three, four out-of-conference series, and then you've got your midweek games uh, with some, you know, geographical teams close nearby that are filling up the midweek. Can they afford to drop an out-of-conference series against Elon, Wright State, Indiana State? Southern Illinois, you know, those don't sound like world beaters, but it is baseball. Any given game, you know, things can happen. How many losses can they afford to have going into to conference play? And I know that, you know, that's not that's, – that's a, it's a subjective question because you could have more out-of-conference and then you get hot in conference play and it'll totally erase some of those out-of-conference losses. So, But how, how many do you envision realistically they can afford to have? Uh, you know, I think like Elon, for example, I'm, I'm only going off the D1 baseball projections. I think they're picked to finish like eighth in the Colonial. So that, that should be a series, in my opinion, that they that they sweep this weekend. I mean, if you, at the very least, you know, they need to win that series two out of three. Um, Southern Illinois is a, a really good program or has turned into a really good program. They won the Missouri Valley last year. I think they finished with like 44 wins overall. That will be a, that's like going to be a real series for them. And it's right before SEC play starts. So they'll have played a little bit of the season. They should be, uh, you know, a little bit more prepared going in there. They should have a better idea of what they have on this team by the time they uh, travel there. Um, I mean, you can't afford to lose too many, but it's baseball and you're going to lose some. Uh, I think the way he's scheduled this year, I mean, they have two road series, which I can never remember. Uh, UK playing two road series, and it's for RPI purposes. Um, 
I think the ideal was if they can get back around that 12, 13, 14 win mark in the SEC with a better non-conference, you know, those road games at Elon and at Southern Illinois, if you win those series, it's going to count for more in the RPI than if you had a, a series at home. I mean, I think the way the math works, basically, like, if you played, just flip it, so you played Elon at home and won two out of three, it would count the same for going on the road and only winning one out of three. Mm. So, it's getting pretty into the weeds there. Yeah. And I think Mingione has decided that, you know, this is a thing that he needed to do, was go out and schedule uh, a little differently. So, we'll see how it goes, but... You know, you always need to win uh, the games against teams like Western, uh, nothing Murray. EKU has, like, a crazy high ranking at one of the websites. I think they're, like, top 50. Hmm. I'm not seeing them high anywhere else, um, but that is a pretty good program. I mean, I think UK's got you know, probably two starters that were, uh, have been at EKU in the past. So, I mean, you gotta you got to take care of business, but I still think at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to come down to the number of SEC wins that you have, and it is a tough slate. Um, but if you can get, you know, around 13 or 14 in the regular season and go to Hoover, I really do think with this schedule, like, you're going to have a great chance to get in. It's just, can you do enough to, I mean, you have to really take care of business against Missouri, you know, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Mississippi State even, a team that really fell off last year. Those are the games you got to do some damage in because it's going to be tough sledding on the road at Tennessee, at LSU. Uh, they play Texas A&M at home, which is going to set up to probably be a huge series, but they're also a preseason top five team. So the opportunities are going to be there. It's just going to see, you know, you got to see how many wins they can actually pull out of that group. Derek, we've loved all the baseball talk. Mm-hmm. I, as I mentioned, I, I know as little as possible going into this season. You've actually made me a little bit more optimistic. Hopefully they can get some wins in the out-of-conference. One question, and you can answer quickly before we get out of here, not baseball-related. Oh, oh. What do you have? Oh, this is what I'm 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 excited to rip off the band-aid because Hot Take Terry is here. Kentucky baseball, they might be dealing the marks. We're not used to that with Kentucky basketball in the bubble. So Derek, is is it time to get rid of Cal? Fire Cal. I love the hot takes from Derek Terry. Now what what's what's your spicy hot take now? Are the cat's gonna make the tournament. Is Cal gonna be here next year? I need to know. I get the sense, Derek, that you are fatigued with the state of UK basketball. So, uh, and since you've been out of the journalism biz, although I do appreciate your Substack, and hopefully, uh, folks will subscribe to it. I feel like you've kind of let your hair down a little bit. So, first thing, I never said fired because I live in reality, and no one is going to fire someone who's owed forty million dollars. True. So I know he's not being fired. Do I would it hurt my feelings if he left? No, I think this program has definitely reached the point. Um, if you're someone who, one, there's not like a clear favorite to replace him, I would say, which is going to give people pause. And two, the recruiting class, like he's done just enough here in his tenure that I think people are are going to hold on to hope that he's going to turn the clock back a decade, and this class is going to come in, and they're going to be like it used to be. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I think it's at least a legitimate viewpoint. Um, make the tournament. Uh, I'll be optimistic today. Yeah, I'll say they sneak in. Um, don't don't really make any noise. Same problems that they've had all year will probably hurt them the first round or two. I mean, if they just won a game, I think that'd be pretty pretty good for this group. But you also got to think about the preseason expectations, and we're talking about just barely sneaking in. So. Um, I don't think he's done a great job. I don't think he really has any answers for this team. Um, so, yeah, South Carolina game, I mean, I think you could definitely argue that was his worst coaching job 
at UK, like even worse than the year. I mean, you can at least have some built-in excuses for the COVID year. Um, but, you know, that, that up through South Carolina was just awful. And, I mean, I thought Carolina won a game since they beat UK. Uh, I don't think they won one more. They, in the SEC. I don't think they have. G.G. Jackson was trending because he got benched and hasn't been playing. For South Carolina. Well, I've had the Vanderbilt game on last night. I think they had two wins in the league. I think they might have just won a game. So, regardless, I mean, we're talking about scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And uh, for that team to come in and beat you at Rupp, I legitimately think it might have been the worst team in my lifetime to ever come into Rupp in the SEC and beat them. So, I mean, I think it's pretty much been a, a disaster, but they got it turned around there for a minute. But, no, overall, I have very little confidence that uh, however much longer he's here, that they'll actually be uh, – among the elite teams in college basketball. That's the sense I've gotten from your Twitter. It's been entertaining to follow along, and hopefully everybody does. And hopefully we have you back sometimes during, during this uh, baseball season. You can fill us in on what's been going on. We're going to be watching, but you know more about all this than we do. So, Derek, we really appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thanks, guys. It was good talking to you all. Derek Terry, baseball genius when it comes to the Batcats, knows the situation with Nick Mingio's program better than anybody. I, I, I just appreciate him giving some nuance. Like, actually, they are kind of close. It's not just lip service from a coach. Um, and they might be getting there, but they're still playing with fire. Yeah, the sense I got, you just listened to the interview here on Kentucky Roll Call, is that like they're better, or it seems they're getting better players into the program, but comparatively to the SEC, it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Like it's tough. It's still not. It's still not exactly where uh, it needs to be to to compete. And I like that he said that. Yeah, they may make the tournament. They may go to a regional, but that really shouldn't be a big deal. That's something that even just average programs should be able to do every few years. And I did not realize this is the longest drought UK's had. Yeah. From a postseason perspective, which that's not good news whatsoever. No, no not, well, not great, Bob. Makes me a little worried, too, that your Friday starter, you're like, big game starter. It's Friday. It's weekend series. Let's get things off it's on the right a, foot. It's a D3 transfer. Yeah. Not even D2. Center. Uh, yeah. That, that One of the messages Derek told me was like, yeah, it's a little different going against LSU on Friday night than center. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, Just a little bit. You're, you're totally right about that. I also love Derek's basketball hot takes because – I know particularly covering Kentucky basketball is it's so much more easier to get fatigued because, like, the grind of it, the height of expectations, and then also having to, like, use Cal's words and stuff when, like, he's just doing quick press conferences and giving you gobbledygook. It just – you can get so fatigued from it. So, like, I could see see Derek being quick to be like, all right, I'm 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 done dealing with this. Yeah. It's not moving in the right direction, and we're just getting the same old, same old stuff from Cal. No, he he hasn't been happy, and uh, how could you be? It's been a disaster of a season up to this point. We need to go to our first break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the game tonight against Mississippi State. It's a big one. Yep. It's one that the UK dogs. actually doesn't match up terribly against Mississippi no, State. No. Uh, the issue is that just doesn't really seem to matter how they match up against teams as of late. It's It's been uh, a look-in-the-mirror sort of problem for UK, and we're going to talk all about that. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Appreciate Derek Terry coming on. Welcome 
to Kentucky Roll Call. Forget it, Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. DJ Walker, Nick Rouse, and Justin Kalen. Again, thanks to Derek Terry for his analysis and expertise on Kentucky baseball. Good hearing from him. Good dude as well. Follow along. Thornton's is good also. Good place to stop in in the morning. Get yourself a breakfast, coffee, whatever you need to get fueled up and ready to go. Maybe your car quite literally needs to be fueled up and ready to go. With the Refreshing Rewards app, you can see gas prices in your area, see all the other specials and deals and discounts inside the store as well. But you'll save money each and every time you go to the pump to fill up in this economy. How do you say no to that? And then if you're not a Refreshing Rewards and you're downloading that for the first time, breakfast on the house at Thornton's. It's good. It's good for you. And the Thornton's text line is great for you. Text on in 502-414-1450. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper, who had a birthday yesterday. Plumley Bros had a birthday yesterday as well. Not, I don't think the real Plumley Bros, but the KRC Plumley Bros. So, so happy, the real Plumley Bros. Ha- happy birthday to them. Both of them? Both of They're twins. No, they're not. Basil. Are they really? Yes. <laughs> I actually didn't know they were twins either. I, I mean, I guess there's a chance that one could be like two years older. No, potentially not. Same birthday. Come on, but, were they Neil Brown, their dad? But it's um, I'm fairly certain that they are in fact twins. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But that's because Plumley Bro Two doesn't listen anymore. So yeah, he's a hater. He could suck it. Yeah, suck it, just suck it it's in not his birthday beard. anymore, suck buddy. It. <laughs> it's time to grow up. Scoot, big one for the Hoosiers tonight. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I am. Pa- I hate that it's nine o'clock though. We finally got rid of all these Kentucky nine o'clock games, and it's all here. You go, Indiana. Well, you have a nine o'clock. Don't game. worry, Kentucky plays at eight thirty. That's Did true. You see the video of Northwestern's coach grabbing a Purdue player before their final play? No. Like Purdue, I guess needed a quick bucket. I think it was like literally the last possession, and their coach. Is out like coaching, you know, telling his guys where to go. But they're kind of got a, a full court. Let's slow down Purdue a little bit, make them chew up a little bit more clock than they can afford. And there's a Purdue player right next to him, like as he's kind of giving his instructions, and he just kind of grabs the Purdue player, like puts his arm around him, and then the Purdue player like swats him and is like looks at him. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he still like he goes out and like kind of grabs him again, or at least like puts his arm in front of him. But then the play's starting, so like the Purdue guy can't react to him anymore because he needs to go run to his spot that he needs to get to. But it's uh, that's weird. It's not a good look for Northwestern if you're a co- if you're an opposing team. If if I were a coach, I would coach my players. If the opposing team coach ever touches you. Like, make a huge deal about it. Fall like, down. Fall down, throw your hands up. Like, you know, don't necessarily push him back, but, like, if he, you know, if you can get his hands caught on you, put his hands up so it makes a big scene. That's wild. That's worthy of a suspension, if you ask me. Certainly a technical in the spot. It wasn't called, obviously. Uh, but tell the, the Hoosiers to watch out for that tonight. Yeah, no kidding. Don't let the opposing team staff touch you. Did you see the Mason Gillis video? Uh, I'm seeing it now. Um, they deserve it. Good. Like you, you players should not be held accountable for students being 
uh, jagaloons right. during the court storm. That's what I posted on Twitter last night. Like I, you all know, I am not a Purdue guy. I am the furthest thing from a Purdue guy. But what the hell is Mason Gill supposed to do in that spot? Yeah, he's being mo- he's being mobbed by students. You yeah. got to get out of there somehow. No, I don't. I, I don't I disagree with that at all. I haven't seen it. If you hear TJ, this is uh, great radio. Yep, great radio again. It's, it's just him storming through the crowd and shoving yeah, some students. It's it's very quick. He just kind of gives a forearm to a kid's face. Did he get in trouble? I don't think so. I think they're I think they're putting it out so he does get in trouble. But it's like no one should ever get in trouble. I mean, this for is that. why like Northwestern can't be good at things, right? At least it, they do better court stormings than Vanderbilt. Yeah, at least they do better than that. <laughs> but um, this is a this this shouldn't be a big game, Scoots. It's Northwestern. Scoots, I'm glad you clarified in the tweet that you're not a Purdue guy by yeah. any means. Not a Purdue guy. Not no. a Purdue guy. I would have thought clicking on your Twitter header with the IU basketball court that you may have been a Purdue guy, but I'm glad on the tweet that I've been clarified. Not a Purdue guy. Yeah, Roush, like you're when right. A, it, when a Republican dies and a Democrat's like, I did not like this politician. However, yeah. or like they are dead. Somebody gets hurt for another team. Like, uh, if the Bears player gets hurt, you'd say, as a Packers fan. As, as, just <laughs> need to clarify that I don't like this person, but something bad is happening here. So I care. I, I'm, I can put that aside I, I, briefly. I, I, you're a big person, Scoots. Thanks. You're, you're, a big, Thanks. you're a big person. Uh, no, that is wild. Like that—that that shouldn't just based on that clip. If there was more, then maybe there, he did something that you shouldn't have done. But yeah, that's that's nothing. Own coach holding people, but it's a big one. I, I feel like I would be a little pessimistic as an IU fan. Just a little bit, yeah. You're on the road. You're kind of coming off a narrow win. This seems like a let go of the rope sort of game, and it'll be all right as long as you bounce back the next one. Well, and we've already you lost to Northwestern at home. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. they they beat us that's, at home. People forget so. that. But, Roush, you're right. I mean, this shouldn't be a big game. That. Every other year, a game against Northwestern is like a game against Vanderbilt for Kentucky. But this isn't your grandpa's Northwestern. This is a, They're a good little team. They've got some nice talent on that team. Yeah, they're, I'm they're, not, they're, I'm they're not feeling good club. about They've it. got the exact same record as IU. Yep. IU ranked 14th, Northwestern not ranked. But, uh, no, it'll be, it'll be a good one. Good night of basketball, especially for the local teams. UofL 17-point dogs. That's it. At home against Virginia. You can get in the door for $12. So, cheaper ticket than spread. Wow. Although, I'll say this, embarrassing for Tennessee, top 10 matchup in Knoxville, you can get in the door in Thompson Bowling Arena for $24. So, just double the ticket price for a UofL game where things stand right oh, now. Oh, but their basketball program. That's a weird line. Tennessee, three-point favorite against Alabama. Oh, no, they lost back-to-back games on buzzer beaters. Another favorite. You get another good top 20 matchup. Xavier, Marquette, Big East is just so fun. That Providence game last night was awesome. Yeah, I had Providence money line. So, like, you know. That was a great game. It wasn't wasn't like I could afford to have them. I took LSU in the points, so they were four and a half. Betting against teams that just beat Kentucky, profitable. Financially profitable. So, Georgia just beat Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I really was like, maybe I'll take LSU money line. But I said, eh, LSU has really stunk this season. I'll just take the four and a half points. I feel pretty good about it. They were winning a lot of that game. Georgia hit a shot, not, I think, at the buzzer, but right near the buzzer with, like, just a few seconds left to take the lead. It was a cover for for LSU. But Big East basketball, it is uh, night in, night out. Just good product. They got a good thing going on there. So I have a bet going on with my roommate. Can I get your all's input on it? Sure. We've got a national championship winner bet based on conference. So he's got three conferences. I have three conferences. Huh. He's got, I've got Big East, Big Ten, 
and I think I may have took ACC. And then he's got Pac-12, or no, I've got Big 12, Big 10, and Big East. You got those three? Yeah. Oh, well, it's... I win, right? Well, the Big Big Ten hasn't won a yeah. That's that's really the only thing that's going to stop you. The Vietnam War, so yeah. you can throw them out. Unfortunately, that, that's that's the only thing stopping you is history. But other than that, you have like, the Big Twelve in the Big East, yeah, and Big Ten, and yeah, he's I got Big Ten's not winning. So you can he's got SEC, out. ACC, and Pac twelve, I believe. I mean, I might, I might, Alabama. he might yeah, have. He really, he's he's got Alabama. He Maybe might uh, potentially UCLA. Yeah. UCLA. I think they're either going to be. This is such a bad radio thing to say, but I think they're going to either be like a first weekend exit, or they'll go to like the title yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they, it's whether or not <laughs> they're play, playing well. I think he may have Big Twelve instead of ACC. I think I may have ACC. Okay, because sounds like say, you need to get the details. ACC, the Big East, out. and yeah, Big Ten. Yeah, my teams. What is yeah. it with Big X producers not knowing the details of their bets? Everything's a little foggy. For I've got it. I've got it wrote down on a on a note at home. You got it wrote down. Yeah, writ, writ, written, wrote, writ, wrote. You read it down. <laughs> it all peeking in you. <laughs> we could we could talk more about this if you had the exact details of it, Scoots. That's a, no, that's all I needed. But I would that's think all you needed is to not tell us accurately what the bet is. I have tell bi- us that there's but there's conferences and somebody's going to win one. <laughs> I'm confident. I have Big Ten, ACC, Big East. He has Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and SEC. That makes it a little more even. Um, I just. <sighs> oh wait, here I got a picture of it. Yeah, oh. so I'm right. Gosh. Even though the Big Ten hasn't. Like, the Big Ten does this thing every year where I start buying into, like, oh, man, the Big Ten's really good, and then they just really suck eggs in March. The curse has to be broken at some point. You know, I mean, we just had the Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl after winning MVP. That hasn't happened since 1999. Big Ten hasn't won a championship since 2000, so time is right. Yeah. But ultimately, a lot of it's going to come down to – how, like, this Kansas, like, Big 12's got a lot of top-heavy as well. Yeah. So. I just think in the Big 10, it's only. Purdue and Indiana. Purdue and Indiana. That's it, yeah. And while I am a big fan of Purdue, certainly could see them going to the Final Four, definitely wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, uh, if they didn't make a Final Four. Their guards are all freshmen. I think that ultimately comes back to hurt them. This would be fun if you did it and then by. And IU's just not winning the national championship. If you, if you did it by. Unless played in Assembly Hall. Which they did play a tournament games in Assembly Hall, but U of all, or IU was not that. there. No, they, did, they were not there. But if you did like a point system for each conference, like advancing through the NCAA tournament. So, you know, first round win gets you a point. Second round win gets two. You know, if, if you did it that way. Yeah, that's interesting. Because then you can have, you know, teams go on a run, not necessarily win at all. And, you know, there's still some. Root and interest there. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to change it to that. I like that. Well, I mean, we're only betting a dinner on it, so it's not like a crazy amount. Oh, you need crab dinner? Maybe. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Although that's coming to an end. Cl- it, it ends soon. Yeah, well, that's because uh, fish fry season is about to start up. Uh, isn't that next week? Yeah, next last Friday without a fish fry this week, TJ. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Lit right around the corner. Get your king cakes ready. Yep. Mardi Gras. Cats take on Mississippi State tonight. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one for UK. You did not have Wheeler and Frederick practice on Monday. Nope. We don't know if they practiced yesterday. Nope. No, that we don't know. Or no we don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So undetermined if they're going to be able to go tonight Probably or not. Probably found out uh, about 8 o'clock. 8.30 tip-off, SEC Network. Uh, usually Cal lets us know on his uh, pregame radio remarks. Um, can they win without those two? Yeah. Is it a lot harder? Definitely. Because Mississippi State is a grit-and-grind team. Now, you have the kind of bigs that, at least lengthwise and size-wise, you probably match up with. I just... I'm I'm a little little worried, little little worried that if you don't have folks knocking down outside shots, Tolu Smith, he's got length over Oscar, he can score over top of him, and the rest of UK's bigs haven't exactly. SEC opponents have taken it to them, and I know that this is a new head coach, which I just learned his name yesterday, Chris Jans. Um, I wouldn't have gotten it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the guy's name from uh, Mean Girls. There's a country music guy named Chris Jansen. I don't know any of the songs he sings, but whenever I hear Chris Jansen, I just want to say Jansen. Um, oh, okay. But um, when I think Mississippi State basketball, though, I think they just want to beat you up. Going all the way back to the Rick Stansberry days, they're going to play physical. And Kentucky had, I mean, even Oscar, when teams really take it to them, has struggled. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little, we'll worry about this one. Chris Jansen sings Buy Me a Boat, by the way. You can buy me a boat. That's right. Maybe we'll hear that on Country Thursday. It's silver bullets. (laughs) Scooch, we didn't ask the chief meteorologist for the weather today. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. You got a tea time? No. I know somebody, they got room for one more at 9.15 at Shawnee. I have to work, unfortunately. And it's it's not going to be the best day for golf. I mean, it's going to be pretty windy today, so. If you can't control your ball already as it is, it's going to be tough. Maybe the wind will knock it in the right direction. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I've never – I think we have a text on the Thornton's text line about that. I, win for golf, There, I mean, there probably is a breaking point, like if you have like 60-mile-per-hour gusts. Um, but assuming that you're not at risk to be injured or like have some debris come and hit you, I, we are not good enough golfers where it really matters. And like, oh no, the wind may be bad, and you may have you may shoot a ninety nine instead of a ninety two. Oh no, like the, you know, the wind excuse need not apply to me. Yeah, you're not exactly wrong, but I mean, we're gonna get I think forty mile per hour gust today. If you, if you get a forty mile per hour gust while you're hitting, if it's coming from left to right or right to left, I mean, your ball's gonna go yeah, off like, track. Way my, my point is, we hit terrible shots all the time. Speak for yourself, pal. I've seen you golf. You you hit more terrible shots than anybody. That's not true. It, it's true. I my, my, You fell apart in the big X scramble, and it's been the elephant in the room ever since it's happened. Because I got hammered. <laughs> really has been. <laughs> we, and we had intern Jacob. I, I mean, didn't need to Scoots perform. How does typically... How does this... People forget intern Jacob got bullied about Rich Brooks and, and hasn't shown his never, face. Never, never showed up again. <laughs> Haven't even heard from him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Scoots, I think it, the wind is more about it just being unplugged. Like the one time we played on a random day of the week, it just wasn't fun because it was so windy. Yeah, like just didn't feel good. It, it does. Take I think a, it'll be nice today. Th- that's, like that's a different story. That if the wind makes it so like un, it's just unbearable to be out there, like it's cold or something, then yes, that's 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 not good. I just I do think it takes a lot of the fun out of it because you have to start. I mean, there's so much to plan for in golf already. 
that when you have to start factoring wind in and aiming your shots different places, that, that does take a little of the fun out of it. Scooch, you don't hit it where you aim. That's the yes, whole point. I do. You don't know. You do not. I, 82% ten, of the time, I hit it where I'm aiming. What uh, are you talking about? You're so, you're, you're just. You ain't played with me since the Big X scramble. And you've played well, how many times this winter? Twice? I've played once this winter. Okay. <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> you're, you're at the top of your game but right I was, now. But I was locked in. I hit like. I don't know, Scoot, 10 of 14 fairways. even on a par three course. And then, no offense, no offense, because I'm not a great golfer either. I said plus you, three. You, you were not, you, no. I mean, initially you said even. You came down to plus three, which is still wild. You wouldn't come anywhere close to that. The wind is not your biggest issue. You being a bad golfer is your biggest this issue. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, in the same I'm, boat. I'm in the same boat as you. You're firing me up. I, I'm not a bad golfer. You it, are if, a if bad you, golfer. Here's the thing. Wind you, is not impacting your score. If you consistently are in double digits, you're not a bad golfer because only 20% of golfers are consistently in double digits. Yeah, but just because you're in double digits doesn't mean you're good enough for wind to actually care, like, matter. And you're trying to cheat on the scramble left and right, so I can only envision what you're doing when you're playing your own (laughs) scores. Oh, that's good. We'll count that one. Scooter Dingus Roast Hour. Good grief. And Scoots did not try to cheat. The integrity of the Big X scramble remains intact. <laughs> Although the team that won was not KRC, list, not even Big X listeners. We're not really sure how they even showed up, <laughs> and they were very persistent about their Pacers tickets. They were so, we're, we're, we'll have to, we'll, we've got, what, six months? Six months to figure out the Big X scramble. We'll, we've, we've got a we've got some changes to be made. Yeah, like not letting Scoots get uh, blacked out on the back now. Yeah, maybe a, maybe we do drinking ticket limits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really don't think I got drunk in that tournament. Well, didn't, you I played a, like it. didn't I have a game or something <laughs> that night? I want to say I had a game that night. Oh, that, like, that's ever stopped you. <laughs> Here we go. I'm kidding. kidding. Oh, man. I love when we just gang up on somebody on the And we were actually having some, like, decent basketball discussion, and then... (laughs) Now we we got your brother on the text line saying that he used to have a bad case of I suck at golf denial, too. (laughs) He's he's in the hundreds. (laughs) My brother on any given day would beat you in golf scoots. No shot! I think more times than not, (laughs) you'd probably beat him. I'll say this about my brother, and he is a little goober, and he's never going to beat me. He is a pretty insanely good putter it's kind of like those seven footers that are just tricky as all get out he makes more times than not and then he for around he's good for like a 15 plus footer which is those are the ones you remember Uh, so he's pretty solid i think he'd really get you on the green scoots i would get him around the greens though there is no way he's a good as chipper as me i had a chip in on saturday oh now first round of the year chip in on Mm. first round of the year about this chip in on Mm. saturday uh yeah yeah you're you're pretty solid I, around the greens from I, I, what I remember. But, but here I'm just letting you scoots. My my brother-in-law is a very good golfer, and it's because he's consistent. And scoots, you're just not like you. We none of us are all not right. consistent enough this for wind to matter. This is ridiculous. Wind does not ma- will not matter in your game at all. It would matter in what like three strokes ma- tops. Can't wait to break par this year. Difference between what an eighty eight and a ninety one. Like ooh. Which you wouldn't be breaking ninety today anyway. You never know. You've not not a chance in France on your second time of the year. That's the wee wee. That's the good thing about golf. You just never know. You I never mean, know. Ninety four on Saturday in my first round. Why why can't I break ninety? How many in the strokes round? did you give yourself? What do you mean? How many? What do you mean? What ninety four? I mean? Yeah, I know. How many? How many gimmies? How many? Yeah, we'll not count this I took, one. I'll drop this ball. Here. I took one mulligan on the front, and that's it. 
So first and foremost, not a real 94. Secondly, your breakfast ball. Was it your breakfast ball? Off the tee? Sounds like it was. No, I didn't need one off the first tee because I piped it right down the middle. Oh, oh. I, I, I will say I am a big fan of, like, if you're going to – breakfast ball should just mean one mulligan per oh, the golfer from, yeah. from, from anywhere, of yep. course. Yep. For sure. I, I hate the idea that, like, hey, I'm hitting my driver to start the game. I get it. It's new. Like, I'm shaking the rust off here. Oh, it's a bad shot. Well, I hit an amazing shot. And, I'm like, keep now, I don't get to, <laughs> yes. now I don't get to do it again. So I think if people make a decision, and I'm totally all right with it. Like, hey, I'm doing a breakfast ball. All right, cool. So somewhere on the course, non, non-putting, not putts, putts or putts. Yeah, you can't use it on can't a putt. can't use it on a putt. No. I mean, you know, that's just the truth of it. But if I hit a great drive and then my second shot, I just top because it's my second shot of the round, why should I not be able – you were able to use it on your first shot. I'm not able to use it on my second shot. Those are There's some golf rules that, yeah. You can use it on any shot, in my opinion, just not a putt. Yeah, no, I think it, if if you have somebody in your group that does it now, if nobody uses it, then then nobody uses it. Then everybody, then no no mullies the the whole round. Don't lose it or don't use it. You lose it. Can we start calling mullets mullies? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, we got to end hour one. We've got a lot Man. of text to get to in hour two. That went to a weird place. We'll get more <laughs> UK Mississippi State talk. Sometimes you just get a foxhole on this show, and then you look out and you say, wow, what were we doing down there? But as Roush mentioned, just Toulouse Smith has been the type of player that has dominated Kentucky all year. Versatile big that can really do a lot of different things. Athletic, long. Physical. Uh, It's it's not the, and uh, former Western Kentucky player, not the type of. Wait, he went to Western Kentucky? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he transferred to Mississippi State from Western Kentucky. Wow, Rick Stansberry connection. Interesting. We'll be back. Hour two, KRC, coming up next. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Second hour, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen. Fun first hour. It's nice to get some baseball talk before the season starts on Friday. We'll get more basketball talk as does the season end tonight. I mean, the sad truth is, like, probably not. When would UK season technically be over? Let's just say. How many do they have to lose in a row? If they keep keep losing. I don't think it would be tonight. Although, again, just not not doing yourself any favors. So if they lost tonight. They could afford even a Lost loss to, to Tennessee, and then they'd have to win out. Yeah. Who would, who's the next Tuesday game? Florida. Oh, yeah. It'd Wednesday, be that game. That'd be way. that game. Yeah. Another Wednesday. Interesting. But, yeah, I think it would be that one. So, I think you got to win one of your next three if you're UK. Uh, win two of your next three, and you're probably, like, back on the right side of the bubble. And then you'd finish with Vanderbilt. Just don't afford a loss there, although Vanderbilt's solid. And then at Arkansas, you could probably afford a loss there. I think three and – okay. I think four and six 
If you get at four and two in your final six, if you can win four out of your final six, you're definitely in. I, but if you're going to win four of your final six, it probably starts with a, a win tonight. Three of six, you probably got to win two in conference tournament. Does that matter, though? It, it, if you go three of six, I think you're going to have no, to. No, no, Like, do conference tournament games matter? Yeah, up until the conference championship game, supposedly. <laughs> so just, Which is re- really dumb. It's ridiculous. But I do think they matter to some extent. I mean, 2013, that's what sealed UK's fate in the NIT. If that's they true. beat Vanderbilt, they're, they probably still need to win that other game, but then they're probably in. So I guess it all comes down to who you play then. Do you get hot? That sort of stuff. But if you beat Mississippi State, then you take care of business against Tennessee at home. You're probably looking good. You're probably back in a good place with the bracketologist bubble boys. Then if Still you lost, fl- and, then, and then you'd have four final games, and you probably would just need to be two and two in those. So, like again, it's another. It's just another example, Roush, of like, hey. Just get it together. If you all can just get it together, it's okay. It can still be all right. Uh, but I have less and less faith of this yeah. team being able to do it. I think that's the overall sentiment amongst the fan base, too. Is it's like, yeah, you can. I'm not going to buy in until you show me more, though. Because we've bought in multiple times. Bought in for the Kansas game. Got let down. Okay, Kansas is pretty good. All right, yeah, yeah, I, they hit a bunch of shots. Yeah. Sometimes that happens in and, basketball. Well, And then you do it against Arkansas. And... Okay, they didn't just hit a bunch of shots. You shot they shot seventy two percent and a half because you suck at defense. Yeah, you had one of the most entertaining first halves in terms of back and forth, good tempo, good pace. One team was able to exactly do the same, even better, mm-hmm. and another team just fell totally off the map. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, and then what do you do? All right, backs against the wall. You go down. You play a Georgia team you've already beaten. Oh, you all look horrible, and you're injured, and it's just not going to be your night. Oh, actually, second half, let's give ourselves a nice four-point lead here. All you got to do is just pretty much play level with Georgia the rest of the way. 18-4 to run, boom, loss over. So confidence in them being able to figure it out against teams that are also desperate, also hungry, also on the bubble. Uh, I've lost a little bit of faith in it. However, I hope that I'm wrong. I think the line is a little interesting. And this does seem like with this team this year, this is a game they're going to come out tonight and be really competitive and maybe even win yeah. when it comes down to the oh. final shot. Mm-hmm. But the way the season has gone, this would be a perfect, like, you pull you back in a little bit sort of game. Oh, yeah. yeah, And that's why, um, spoilers, I'm going to end up picking Kentucky to win because I have, Whoa, no confidence. I have no confidence in them, which is why they're going to prove me wrong. You excited to see DJ Jeffries for Mississippi State? People Former forget that he plays for one-time them. One-time UK commit. And plays for Ted Cruz. Yes, you think a Mississippi State's coach looks like Ted Cruz. Not running for re-election. Or, no, not running for presidential election, running for election. I don't know how he finds the time to juggle between Starkville and D.C. DJ Jeffries averaging 9.6 rebounds a game. Solid role player on their front court. Second fiddle to Toulouse Smith, who is a really good player. It would be the ultimate just uh, kick in the groin if, like, DJ Jeffries went out and played, like, the best game of his career tonight. It would feel, it would feel like... The way just, this season has gone, do you expect anything else? Yep, nope. That's uh, exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Let's get into the third and sixth line. Oh. New mock draft. Five zero two four one four fourteen. Whoa. 15. Todd McShay has Will Levis going to the uh, 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 Raiders. No, I could do without that. 
You know, you're just begging for me to do that more. That's where Aaron Rodgers is going, so I'll have to sit a couple of years. Aaron Rodgers about to start his did he, darkness retreat. I, I thought yep. he did it this weekend. No, no after the not, Super Bowl. It's, it's up. It's this weekend. Oh, okay. And he's released, like, pictures of it. So it's just black screen? It's, uh... No, it's like it's like a bunker. It looks like a like a apocalypse bunker. And then his ex girlfriend, the witch blue lady, she came out and she was like, Yeah, it's not. It's an intense it's an intense like it's not fun. It's intense. Which just why? Does he what, get to eat? I I don't know. Yeah, the, there's like a slot in the door. They put in libations, but um I just yeah. He's gonna, I mean, get the, he's gonna get the answers on if he should continue to play football. Thing is, Not though, only that, if he should stay in Green Bay to play football. Well, like if you multifold questions. I mean, what kind of weird place are you mentally that you feel like you have to do this to yourself to find clarity? I think that's a fair question. It's not. He came out yesterday and said it's not clarity if he wants to keep playing football or where he should play football, but he just likes to do this with his life. See where his life's at. Yeah, I, I think Roush's question of like why. You yeah, know, why? But, like you can go to just a regular retreat, like you don't, and like meditate and stuff. You don't have to just like deprive your senses for four days. But I guess if it works for you, it works for you. He's just I, trying all this new. And stuff. how many times? Like how often of this four days is he on drugs? I don't know, but I just think it's it's very funny to see a guy who very clearly wanted to be in the fun hippie phase of their life in college but couldn't because of football, now do it as a 40-year-old that's still in the NFL. Yes. It's just fascinating. Because, like, I don't know if you had a hippie phase, TJ. I certainly did uh, in college. It was like a year or two where I was just – What was your hippie – what did your hippie phase consist of? It was a lot of music, a lot of uh, just uh, – just Mellowing uh, out. Say, saying yes to a lot of things. Like, there was – all right, let's try. You know, whatever it might be. We're just we're just gonna go with the flow. So just you know whether you're camping out or doing some music festivals or some uh, what's the name of that? Uh, you know you're just whatever you're open to it all. And did you like it? It's fine. It's fun. But you don't want to do it now. No, I mean I got responsibilities. I mean and it was a fun like I I, I would have gladly stuck in that phase, but like it also is exhausting because. A lot of uh, those people are like in the service industry, and that just wears you out. Yeah, I think Rodgers is kind of a weird guy. Knows that the sun is setting on his NFL career, and it doesn't. He doesn't have to be as engaged football, macho, macho man sort of stuff. And he can have more fun with like what he likes to do personally. And I think what he likes to do personally is just be totally in control of his psyche. And when he can do these retreats, it can just allow him to wander judgment free. Allow his brain to. I mean, he's just gonna do drugs. He's just gonna do drugs, and allow like I mean, him to think things differently. And but like I, doing, ah man, that just sounds like not a fun way to do drugs either. Being with other people is a fun way to do drugs. But being by yourself, you can go to some yeah, weird but places. This is this is more intense than I think drugs that you're familiar with. Uh, let's do that. Him, yeah. him, and he's really rich. He's choosing to do this stuff, so it's it is, but it is fascinating. I do think it's a fair question that, like, you know, what, what about just therapy? <laughs> he's just addicted to doing off season like what drug about benders, just talking to people. This is kind of what it is, right? He's just going on a four day bender, but like by himself. Yeah, it's a judgment free just trip chamber. 
What? Uh, so the Raiders have the seventh pick, right? It's true. Yeah. This so this would be the scenario where Levis slips. Slipping to seventh is still not the end, end of the world. Yeah, but we want Levis first overall, um, just so we can cash some bets. Uh, but the I did like though that because uh, like. It's going to bounce around all over the place. we got a long way to go. There was some dude that was talking with Chris Long, and he was like, listen, I know how NFL guys are. They fall in love with a big quarterback with a strong arm. Just This is probably where it's going. He's probably going to be the first one taken. They just they, – the traits, everything. Like, you saw the Bears trade up for Mitch yeah. Trubisky. You know, like it just – and the hit right there, I don't know what exactly it is, but, like, you know, I'm sure some will talk themselves into, like, a Matt Ryan. Like, oh, yeah, we – you know, not the greatest college career, but um, definitely showed flashes, had one really good season, and look at that guy. He won an MVP, took it to a Super Bowl. The, the I'm curious what the takes are going to be because it's always felt like the Colts were the fit standpoint because of um, Chris Bauer, the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering if that's – I mean, hell, with this Eagles OC being their coach Stinchin or whatever, I mean, the running stuff he did with Hurts – Will could do some of that, so I'm sure they'll they'll still say that that's going to be the ultimately the probably the best fit for Levis. It'll be interesting. What when is the draft? Always around Derby time. Week before uh, April 27th and uh, Kansas City. So um, and since Levis is going so early, we'll get to go. So maybe Luck and I can go hang out with our old pal Jason Anderson. Wow. Yeah, it'd be fun. Jason Anderson very much defending the call. Which oh, I never understood. If your if your team wins and you have a questionable, controversial call, I'd play into it. I'd just be like, "Yeah, it was a horrible call." <laughs> you know, stick your tongue out at him. What are you gonna do? Uh, can't uh, make, can't change it. I love that. Um, I listened to a little bit of Big Cat this morning, and there's a the Eagles conspiracy theory is that it was the turf's fault for the Eagles losing because the guy who is in charge of the turf is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Which, um, that's really that's really dumb. But that I, would probably be the smartest thing Trevor Kelsey said in two days or right Yep, now. yep. And the best part about it is like, well, they both have to play on the same field. But maybe he could have tipped off the Chiefs that it was going to be slippery because the Chiefs only slipped on fourteen. The Chiefs defense slid on fourteen percent of the Eagles' dropbacks. Thirty-eight percent of the time, the Eagles slipped on Chiefs' dropbacks. So maybe they were tipped off. They didn't have to change their cleats. The Eagles did. Do-do-do-do. Big Cat threw a putter and the water at a putting place the other day. Sounds like fun. Putt-putt place. Yeah. I saw that. It's like, what an idiot. I saw that. <laughs> he was, he's not a good putt-putter. Clearly. Oh, man. Scooch, my friends are ripping you on the TJ Walker personal text line. <laughs> <laughs> For golf? But he said, Scoot's not wanting to play golf because it's too windy is wild. No, I didn't say that. I'm working today. I would love nothing more to play golf in the wind. Uh, just win, just says, win messes with you. Oh, no, not a few strokes off your 90s low 100s round. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, mm, good stuff. Another one says, when is triple digit scores a sign of a good golfer? <laughs> Really coming after you personally. I've shot uh, over 100 like three times the last three years, but yeah, here we are. And Scooch, it was really windy when we played Top Golf together. It was, and I did okay. Yeah, you weren't complaining about the wind then. Didn't feel it. You're just taking your else. <laughs> That's right. 
Oh, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, it was holding, keep crying, Bengals fans, go Chiefs. Also, I'm sad because Kentucky sucks. Suck it, guys. Good morning, TJ. Please read. You're my therapist, TJ. All right, well, I'm not licensed, and that's not. Well, you're licensed real estate agent. It's time for drastic changes to be made with UK basketball. Oscars, Oscar is a black hole on offense and doesn't even try on defense. The guards are too scared to shoot like Case and Reeves because Cal drills into their head every offensive possession, runs through Oscar. That's not true. Uh, I'm tired of Toppin being so mentally weak and soft. Uh, I wish he was more consistent from an energy and effort standpoint. I agree with that. He had a ball literally ripped from his hands after he had already gotten possession. I couldn't help but laugh at how soft he is. I'm tired of, well, you can... You can't be hard on them. They'll get their feelings hurt. I don't care about their feelings. Are they getting nil money? They are. Here are They are here to win games now. I'm ready to move on from Cal. He's causing me to lose what love I had for him in Kentucky basketball. Now he just comes across as an arrogant, sore loser who doesn't know how to adapt and doesn't care about the program. I'm sorry for the long text. I'm 37 years old. I'm just sick and tired of looking forward to this time of the year. All my wife in the last several years to be disappointed. It's literally depressing, TJ. As Kentucky basketball fans, so much of our lives revolve around November through the first week of April. Now I'm getting to the point I don't even want to watch basketball because I now I know how it's going to end. At one point, I loved Cal. Now I'd love to, for him to leave. <laughs> Where does Kentucky go from here, TJ? Yeah, we have the recruits next season, but there's no guarantee we'll win with them. And it's been said, it's a weak class. Give me Eric Musselman or Nate Oates. Let's take our chances. Have a great day and week, TJ. Suck at Louisville, suck at Nick Roush, and suck it to Calipari. Wow, that was a long text. Was might a long long, text. It might be a new record for the Big X. Uh, you're, I, I get, I get, I mean, it's the same stuff we've said, Texter. I get being down. I'm just as frustrated as anybody else. Uh, it's fair to question if Cal still has it, if he can figure it out, if he's got his fastball. But things you got to remember, he's going to be around for next year. I don't think that's a bad thing with the players he is coming in. You're totally right that there's no guarantee that that means it's going to be like a Final Four lock. Um, they'll probably have their own fair share, fair share of, of struggles next season. But it'll have a ton of talent, some of the things that this team's missing. It'll have a few more dogs, which is always great when building a basketball team. It will be better. The issue is we didn't think this year was going to be so bad, and it sucks that this year has been frustrating. But it's UK basketball. If you love it as much as you say you you love it, then you can watch it, even if it isn't the level that you you, you think it needs to be. It's still UK basketball, and I'm excited for tonight's game, but I'm also uh, largely an idiot. Texter says, really seems to me that the players have quit fighting for themselves, the university, and John Loser Calipari. The moral of this team, the morale of this team is just absolutely sucks, and you've got to love Cal doing two-minute postgame shows along with skipping media responsibilities that he's paid to do. He's such a baby and softer than butter, doesn't have to, doesn't have the stones to take questions and deservedly get grilled for a complete joke of a season thus far. These last three years have been hilarious, going to keep laughing when we still lose next year with all the five stars. It's been the same same cycle at the University of Kentucky for quite some time now. You come off as a whiny baby in your text, first and foremost. Secondly, this I, I would do things differently with interviews if I were Calipari, and I've said that and I've been clear about that. Also, don't wet my diaper based on that sort of stuff. That being said, I think he's in the wrong with it. But this idea that he's dodging these tough questions, who who's asking these tough questions? No offense. What questions is he dodging? A lot of times, not a lot of times, well, 
a lot of times it's true. This isn't so much the case as of late. He's out of questions. It's like, all right. People just want so much for him to have, like, an answer, something that's going to work. And the truth is, he doesn't have an answer. There's not an answer to be had. It, he, he messed up on roster construction again, and I do think he's doing his best to try to get the most out of him, but I think he's ran out of tricks. Uh, the, to act like that the media is going to grill. that I think the part is, um, in all this, is that We'd like to think that he has some answers to these problems. And when he skips out on him on these media opportunities, it feels like he's just doesn't have them. Right? Like he can't even like lie through his teeth in these press conferences to come up with some answers. But it's not like he's dodging these questions and like, yeah, like there's skating some, around. Yeah. He just there's nothing more really to be said. And I think even the reporters have that same like, hey, why did it look bad today again? Well, it's got people that I have to beg to go out there and compete and play at a high level consistently. Uh, no, mo- a lot of times I'll only have one great shooter. Case and Wallace doesn't attack the rim the way that he should from time to time. Uh, but it all falls back on him. He's head coach. I assume you guys are in the same boat as Derek, and they sent in a picture of Derek's tweet saying, I made excuses for him for a while, but the last few years have proven a lot of his critics right. Derek Terry is not shy about that stuff. Nope, I'm nope. glad to have him on and talk about it. Yeah, it was fun. I feel like we always lose when Jimmy Dykes is calling a game. His voice is so old, and the fan base needs something different. I do think a lot of this falls back on Jimmy Dykes. Yeah, that's a we we of are course, not. Jimmy Dykes doesn't take any questions after the game. We're not properly placing enough blame on Jimmy Dykes. That's that much is clear. TJ, do you think that some of the cow whiny haters have some validity now? No, they're still just losers. A lot of them, not all of them, uh, they're just losers. And they cry, and they whine, and they're obnoxious. That being said, doesn't mean that they haven't had some correct points. It's the manner of which they express those points uh, is always an embarrassing, embarrassing fashion. Uh, but that being said, like Kentucky basketball, it's more fun when it's dominating. Hasn't been dominating. That's I understand that that's not fun for anybody. But do you not like the, the whiny haters? What I go back to, like, do you not? Do you think just the because you're more immature, it means you care more about Kentucky basketball? Because you can't handle your emotions as well as other functioning and human adults that you care more about UK basketball? No, of course not. Super Bowls aren't the same without Joe Buck and Troy Aikman announcing. I thought Olsen and Burkhart were really good. Trevor will no doubt be blaming this loss on the final holding call instead of the Eagles' defensive collapsing uh, and giving up 24 points in the second half. Wow, that's a lot of points to give up in the second half. It is a lot of points. I bet Trevor, I bet he was like, you know what? They were just better than us today. No, he said it's the most painful loss he's ever had, although he still won't call it a loss because to him the game's not over. But what was the most painful loss before then? Any guesses? Um, Kentucky Sweet 16 over Louisville and Indy. Correct. Yeah. Woohoo! Second Trevor! Which I think is what we peel back more and learn his rosebud of why he hates the Harrison twins. Mm-hmm. It's because they, they played well. They game. eliminate him. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was pretty embarrassing. He was like, but at least Wisconsin got him. And it was like, well, that year they didn't get got by Wisconsin. They actually beat Wisconsin. They lost to UConn. And then the following year, yes. Um, imagine just being a Kentucky fan and being like, glad Virginia ended U of L. Like, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Although it is very funny to make fun of how bad they are against Virginia. Like the one year, where, how many points were they up by with like 40 seconds left and lost? Was it 12? 11, 9. <laughs> it was a hilarious amount of points. Yeah. Did you all listen to any of the Rutherford show yesterday? Uh, yes, a little oh bit. Oh my gosh. He was telling stories about all his old girlfriends. There were some wild stories. Yeah, yeah the thing tr- you got to remember about Trevor, though, if he's telling a story, it's most likely being told wrong. I hate, I hate being <laughs> the guy that do that, do that. But any, like, has he told stories about you on the air before, and it's just like a, a, a huge fact is wrong about it? I don't think so. A detail is wrong. He does it for. I mean, we did radio for six years together, but he does it all the time. He'll tell a story and it'll just be like, no. That's not right. Like, that's, you got a huge fact wrong. I just wonder with all those X stories, like, what huge facts he's getting wrong in those stories. And then you sure. noticed how he started to squirm when Mike was like, let's get him on. we got to talk to these Yeah, people. that's true. He did start to he squirm. He was like, no, yeah. no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Not talking to them. It's like, oh, what are you hiding here, buddy? But it was great radio content, and I hope they do get him on and talk to him. That would be amazing. Texter says, so did Trevor for sure drive all the way to Arizona and back for the Super Bowl? He did not. Regardless of what the flight costs, I really feel like he'd be saving money on the flight versus driving over a day to Arizona and back when considering gas stops and having to sleep in a hotel. Trevor doesn't like flying. Yeah, He's a driver. He likes driving. It's comforting, relaxing to him. I don't blame him one bit. Also, like larger people, it's just, yeah, who wants, who wants to get stuck in an airplane? John here. Good morning, everyone. How about those Chiefs? Great sports entertainment action was on point. The Super Bowl, man, the Eagles had their chances and they had the lead, but it was not big enough to get the job done. The hold at the end of the game was there on that last possession. Juju and Bradbury were involved on the play and both said it was a hold, but that was not the only play that was questioned all night. Hey, either way, nothing but respect for Trevor and the Eagles fans. You have a good team and you'll have more chances just like my Chiefs. On a side note, the Caps will bounce back. I'm staying positive. We will get healthy and go undefeated down the stretch in the regular season. That should be enough wins to get us back in the big dance. Hey, what do you think about all the UFO shot down in the sky recently? Are you concerned? To be honest, I am a little. I hope and pray people People all over the world, especially the leaders, make great decisions to not do something stupid. Anyways, the KRC crew is the best. Thanks for making my mornings awesome. We'll got to go talk to you later. John, you're right. We are the best. Appreciate you saying that. Number one sports radio show in southern Indiana regarding UK athletics. Uh, A lot of stuff on the Super Bowl. We've moved on past that. I like your optimism for the Cats. Hope that you're right. Uh, That would certainly be enough wins if they won out. That'd be a lot of fun, too. Did you all see Juju Smith's Valentine's card? I did. Hilarious. That was pretty funny. Saw A.J. Brown, too. Clap back. A.J. Brown getting big mad, although calling somebody a TikTok boy was funny. (laughs) That was funny, yeah. Uh, That's a good good insult. Yeah, good stuff there from the NFL. What do you all think about the UFOs being shot down? Uh, Have they been confirmed UFOs? Well, they're unidentified flying objects, so yes. Uh, It's super weird. It certainly just, on one hand, feels like, what are they trying to distract us from? What yeah. are they trying to dangle our attention away from? That train derailment? The train derailment is incredibly concerning. And then, secondly, it, if they say it's not aliens, it makes me definitely think it's probably aliens. Yes, yes. The more you insist that it's not, not aliens, exactly. the, the more it's definitely aliens. They, like, briefed a bunch of the senators, and the senators seemed more confused afterwards about what it was and what's going on with all that stuff. It's wild stuff, John, but I'm skeptical. I remain skeptical. Blame it on the refs. Is Kentucky making the big dance? I say no as of today, unfortunately. Win tonight, though, I feel much better about their chances. Having a rim protector makes defense so much easier. KSR going behind a paywall. Thanks, Roush. You're welcome.
Breaking news! Oh! This is the best news I've received all morning. Oh, boy. Jimmy Dykes will not be on the call for tonight's game. Woo! That's great news. Yeah! Who do we have? Roy Philpot and Mark Wise. Fine. Yeah, just, just anybody fine. but just, Jimmy Dykes. And again, Jimmy Dykes, I'm sure, is a great person. Just, just, just we need, need a, a break. Need a break. <laughs> need a break. Uh, Texter says, Kentucky's 352nd out of 362 teams in free throw defense. Opponents shooting 81% from the line in conference play. Uh, that's the only good news is that Tolu Smith is a bad free throw shooter, but he, he'll go no less than 80% tonight. That's such a wild stat. <laughs> such a wild stat. Wildly disappointing. Hey, let's take our last break. We'll come back. Yeah. We'll keep ripping through That's some football text. news we need to get to as well. Okay, we got football news yeah. we need to get to also. Uh, and also, KSR Plus broke Cats Illustrated somehow. It was very funny. Wild, wild, wild <laughs> the day on the, on, the U, on the UK <laughs> website. We'll be back. This is KRC. One oh, final segment remains. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Salteritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews, Middletown. Dry has a drive-through. If you've got uh, any plans this weekend, keep Salteritas in your mind for catering needs. You can do it all online on the Salteritas app. You're going to want to download that app. Even if you're not doing catering, you'll scan it each and every time you're at Salteritas. Get rewards, get free meals, get discounts. It's great. Their other location in St. Matthews. Just uh, all around good food at Salsaritas. Roush, there was some football news. Yeah, there was a lot of football news um, yesterday, surprisingly. Um, closer to home, I think first and foremost, um, the most important news is that uh, one running back, Ramon Jefferson, has been cleared or has received another year of eligibility from the NCAA. Uh, he started his career coached by Liam Cohen at Maine back in 2017. Now I get a chance to play for Liam Cohen in 2023 uh, at Kentucky. He was the All-American transfer from Sam Houston State, an FCS All-American that, uh, you know, they really they were calling him Mighty Mouse uh, last offseason. He was expected to be probably the guy to get most of the carries in Chris Rodriguez's absence the first four games of the season. Two carries into his career, boom, torn ACL. So he's re- he's still rehabilitating it, um, you know. And I, I think to be clear, TJ, like I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns surrounding Ramon Jefferson. There just are. Um, moving up from the FCS level, how's he going to be after injury? But it is just important that you have a second kind of big body between him and Ray Davis. Like, okay, you got two of those guys. Um, Wilcox could be a star, but you don't have to lean on him right away. And then McLean is a receiving option. So having depth in there is important. Um, and now you've got two very experienced guys with a lot of production, uh, just albeit at other schools. Yeah, I've, I've been clear throughout the whole process. It's good news, and he seems happy. seems like he's on the road to getting back and 
I know that's not the way he'd want to end his college football career. My expectations will be incredibly low for him. Pretty much anything of substance will be more than I'm expecting. Um, My expectations weren't even all that high before the injury just because I don't know anything about him, Mm -hmm. and it's not against great competition. And that's not to say that he couldn't be good and that he couldn't uh, make a name for himself at UK and in the SEC. Your your background doesn't matter so much like a Childress on the other side. He's doing a lot of really, really nice things. But especially after the injury, I mean – some people can't come back from that stuff. Some people come back at 75%. Some people can come back from 90%, but that 10% makes a big difference. So I think there's a reason Kentucky went and tried to get the best running back they thought they could get out of the portal. They were able to do that with the Vandy transfer, and they've got some other options, some younger options that they feel good about. Mm-hmm. If Jefferson can be the tough runner that they think they may be getting out of him and he can be healthy and ready to go and get some tough two, three-yard carries – Great. That'll be awesome. I'll be excited to see it. But I, but even if he doesn't contribute in a big way, this was good news. Yes. Makes him happy. Makes me happy. Everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the one thing I did like about his previous tape was he showed an ability to make some explosive runs. And that's not necessarily what you get from Ray Davis. So it could be nice to have a, a, a little bit of a shakeup, even though he also does play with some physicality. But uh, not going to... That's that. That feels like uh, what's what's a good way? Like like just extra gravy. You don't like gravy though. So what's an extra little side? Um, you don't like coleslaw either. What's just kind of like a nobody likes coleslaw. I love coleslaw. It's great. It's like an extra side of salsaritas chips. You're just getting like you think. Oh, I'm out of chips. No, you can just go back up to the counter and get some more chips. He's more chips. I'm I'm in on that. Okay, so we've got more chips. Maybe um, more salsarita seasoning. What a, yeah, seasoning. Oh, yeah, that's example. what it is. He's the extra seasoning. Everything's salt. already you, good. You're you, happy, but extra yeah. seasoning, and that's great. Exactly. So he's going to be the extra seasoning for this upcoming football team who is ranked in the top 25 of SP+. And the thing that I really like about SP+, it's less about like, oh, here's a headline, Kentucky's preseason top 25. You can find, like, it does a good job of weighting you versus opponents. So the thing I, I just love, all right, What's the spread going to be in these games? So in seven, I, I guess it would be technically be eight of the games because the FCS won. Kentucky be favored in eight of next year's home games. Okay. Which is wait or no eight of the games total. It was seven when I counted it up, and I think I excluded the FCS one when I did. Um, but they'd be a slight favorite over Louisville, um, slight favorite over a few teams. So uh, I did find it remarkable too that. Uh, Louisville would be a double-digit favorite in six of their games. But, I mean, th- their schedule's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So, something to keep in mind whenever Locke goes on his rant. Um, because Kentucky, uh, not double-digit favorites. Uh, except, I think, once or twice. Six. Seven, eight. So, I was wrong. It is eight in eight of 12 of their games they'd be favored. In All right. Sure. Still yeah, not, that's pretty still good. not bad. Yeah. The one that's, I mean, it might surprise people being favored over Florida is just a weird thing to say out loud. Well, we've owned them. Almost as weird as saying out loud that Shane and Dawson's going to be calling plays for Miami. Very weird. Very weird. Hilarious. I'd be overly thrilled if I were a Miami fan. Yeah. Um, they thought they were getting the Eagles quarterback coach. Instead, they got Shane and Dawson. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the so other. If the plays worked, they worked. If they didn't work, it's because somebody didn't do what they were supposed you, to do. You would have loved it. It would have worked. You would have loved it. But they did. Uh, I, I did enjoy 
So the other, the big news that I think it just applies to Kentucky, though, are KS, you know, our, our, our jokes aside about Shane and Dawson, and if it would have worked, you would have loved it. Which, by the way, I had a he was very salty towards me back in my days. You've said that before, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, the big news was that Todd Munkin is leaving Georgia, and people forget uh, that Georgia kind of won with offense this year. Like their defense was, I mean, it's still good. But very good. They were averaging forty points and five hundred yards a game this year. Georgia's offense used to stink. Mm-hmm. That was what was holding them back, right? Munkin leaves after two titles in three years, and now they're promoting Mike Bobo, who Bobo is a journeyman coordinator. Uh, he went from Georgia to be the head coach at Colorado State. When that didn't work, he spent time at Auburn and South Carolina. He went to school with Kirby and Will Muschamp, and so now all the, that triumvirate is back in charge. Uh, but there's seven, I think seven new play callers on Kentucky's schedule now. Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina, Louisville, um, Tennessee got a new coordinator, but Hypo calls the plays. But there's just a lot of turnover um, at offensive coordinator positions around. Alabama's another one. So, like, and, and you, you feel like Kentucky got, had one of the best hires out of all of them. So, a lot of change, a lot of volatility in the SEC, uh, and you just like where the Cats are going into the season. A lot of exciting stuff for UK football. We got to read more texts. 502 414 1450 on the Thornton Sex Line. Can we stop grouping the COVID year into the tournament drought? Uh, you know, no. I, I, think it's, I think that's a fair concern. But I, I remember asking uh, Mark Stoops during the, like, I, I forgot exactly how I phrased it, but it's like, well, but if you don't, like, will people. Uh, Damn it, now I have a bad way of putting it. But, like, it's a COVID year, so it kind of doesn't count, right? You'll be getting away with it. And he's like, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. People will judge you for Well, this text are saying the, like, the tournament. Like, that Manuel Quickly team was going to go to the tournament. They would have won, but that gets slumped into, you don't have a tournament win since 2019. Yeah, but that's just, like, the, the fact. Like, we haven't, like, I get it, but it's still been that many years since you've seen a tournament win. Chris Mack would like to not count that as well. Like, a lot of people would. I, I agree that I mean it's just the reality of it all, but I do think there's you know people know kind of what they're doing when they're doing it. That being said, though, it's still too long. Even if you do count it, don't count it. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's still too long for UK to go without a tournament win. On the softball thing, I would have done the exact same thing as the Texas coach did, and we should want our coach to do the same thing in that situation. I said, don't uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's yep. an idiotic rule. Yep. Nick saying Cal was playing a card by raising money to help flood victims. SMH. I'm sure he was trying to help people, not trying to get UK fans to like him. I mean, uh, I didn't hear you say that he was playing a card by raising money. Yeah, you're you're really you like taking. I don't remember you saying that. Did you I mean, say that? Did you say that? I mean, that's like that's like the the harshest way of putting. Like that's like really synthesizing what I said down into. Uh, very, very, but like going out and signing autographs for fans and while also raising money was a good way to boost morale. You could also say he was playing a card. That's, that's I wouldn't a harsher say he's way playing to put a card, but yes, but that, that, was, uh, that was a good way to build goodwill amongst like the fan that. base. Yes. People like people that give back. Yes. Does anyone remember the 2014 regular season? Number one class, and by no means was it rainbow and sunshines. There is absolutely no guarantees next year's class will come in and everything will immediately be back to normal. The snowball effect with the fan criticism will be real if they start losing early. Uh, no, you're, I mean, that texture's right. I, I, 
That 2014 team struggled in a big way. They got it right when they needed to and not a second too soon. Uh, this team next year, I'm sure, will have some struggles. The, I, the idea is that hopefully it won't be that bad, that it won't struggle that much. Josh here, can't believe you all took so long to discuss the dumpster fire that is John Calipari has reduced Kentucky basketball to SMH. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Scoots just admitted to hating every Super Bowl halftime show because the league makes the bands pre-record everything just in case something goes wrong. They still sing live along with the track, though. Yeah, some others sing more than others. Riri only sang about 25% of hers, was which that, I hated it. Is that confirmed, 25%? No, that's just a guess. That's the Scoots scale. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she did a great job. Still had to watch it all. Um, But I did go back and watch Chris Stapleton's anthem. Just love a good bluesy. I like how he's got a nice Memphis sound to him. Mm -hmm. You heard him. uh, Did you hear him do Midnight Train in Memphis with uh, Sturgill Scoots? I don't think so. They did it on SNL, and it was freaking awesome. Maybe you should put that in the country music rotation for tomorrow. Wednesday's weather temperature-wise is perfect for golf, but not 17-mile-per-hour winds with 32-mile-per-hour gusts. Windy golf sucks. That was a big discussion on today's KRC. Make sure you're going back and listening to the podcast. Wendy Peppercorn? Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but we definitely thought this was possible Final Four championship team after the Bahamas. No, we do. What I was talking about when bringing up the Bahamas was just, like, how could this team look so good? Mm -hmm. It's because the teams in the Bahamas weren't playing any defense and were no threat offensively. They were very bad, bad basketball teams. Uh, But this U.K. team really struggles to guard good offenses and people that can attack. In the Bahamas, they could just rely on their length and athleticism. They were fine. They can't do that against good teams, quality teams. UNC's now 0-8 in quad one games after Ohio State dropped to quad two. I think Ohio State was just going to have to lose out for that game to eventually become a quad two game. I don't know how long, why it took so long for it to become a quad two game for UNC, but Ohio State has been horrible. Pretty wild. I was thinking last night that we're in a spot where Kentucky – UNC and Duke could all realistically miss the tournament this year. That's pretty crazy. Duke seems like they're going to be all right, but uh, no, nah, it's just just it's wild, Ooh, wild times. Really, really wild, folks. Uh, bringing back up Coach K's quotes from last year that uh, he was never going to go to a game at Cameron Indoor this year. He said that. Yeah, he mm-hmm. said that. There was multiple articles written about how he wasn't going to go to any games at Cameron Indoor next year. And then he went to a game at Cameron Indoor last he night. He got out so quick after that game was over. Texter they ended up beating Notre Dame, though, right? Yeah, yeah, they won. Like six or something? Holy Cross Cougars take down St. X, 72-71. TJ, just go ahead and take out that East End second of yours and suck it. St. X is, if we're, con- the same people that would consider St. X the East End would consider Churchill Downs the South End. Just wild yeah, stuff. Man. East of I-65. Salt Lake Brian here. My dad is in town this week, and I introduced him to the show via podcast driving around today. He's 76 and complimented everyone's humor and said he would continue listening back home. And like, wow. My dad also asked me if Scooch was doing a bit for the show when he said he was too drunk to remember the holding call for the Super Bowl. Nope. If Scooch doesn't nod off during his police dashboard cam shows, can't fathom how he fell asleep during that play. Didn't fall asleep. Was just nodding. Bobble Thank head. you for getting Pops on board. That's always great. That's we, cool. Tell your friends about Kentucky Roll Call. Tell your Pops about Kentucky Roll Call. Yeah, that's great. I hope you all made some nice memories getting to hang out together. Uh, Scoots is never doing a bit. That's the beautiful no. thing about Scoots. I'm real as it gets. He's authentic. Everyone jumping 
on the quote about Toppin at the three, if Reeves needs a rest, which is what the question was, there aren't many other options, especially if the arrow is looking like a three-star freshman like he did against Georgia. Yeah, he did not look good against Georgia. Yeah, the lineup stuff, people ran with that because it allowed people a chance to bash Calipari for doing all that stuff. I, I do agree those are not the lineups we need, but as if this is the first time Cal has ever said he needed to play people more. Come on. Come on. Indiana Tim, Bozich out here equating Louisville's new banner to the unforgettable banner, IU 75 banner is laughable. Date night for my rom-com. Date night is the... Which which date night is that? Uh, Is that the one with... uh, Let me look it up. Yeah, we need to look it up. Because I think I've seen this one. Oh, it's uh, Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I actually don't know if I ever saw that movie. Yeah, it's fun. Fun enough. Okay. It's good, cheap. Like, oh my gosh, they're all, how are they getting involved in some sort of crime syndicate? <gasps> Gasp. No spoiler. Mark Ruffalo, Kentucky's kicker, is in the movie. Uh, that's a wild, wild move by Bozich. Bozich, big Kenny KP guy though. Nothing worse than thinking about Scoot's passionate lovemaking with some teen Indiana Hoosier mama. You didn't have to think about it. (laughs) That's on you. Another texture says, you've got mail. Uh, Another John here. Good Valentine's morning, everyone. Man, we are getting close to game day. I wish we were here already. Got some good news about today, John. Tell me, gentlemen, when Valentine's Day is no longer a big to-do. I mean, I've been married to my wife for 13 years, and we have been together for a total of 16. I do buy maybe some candy or flowers, but other than that, I do not go overboard. I think after five years, you should already know how to show love every day instead of once a year. Do you all agree? Got to go talk to you later. Love it, John. John, your your point and in, in the uh, big scoots talking point, like it, nobody is thinking that like, all right, I'm going to show just a minimal more effort today on Valentine's Day, just a chance to to spoil, do a little something special. Yeah, to, you can do that every day though. You can spoil every day. Yeah. How so? You can you buy flowers, buy candy, you can buy, buy flowers cards. or candy every single day. Sure, if you won't lose its specialty if you do it every day. Yep, it would. Well, would I'm not saying thing. every day, but the option is there to do it every day. I know, but then it wouldn't be special if you did it every day. Scoot. But if you did it, I don't know, once every couple weeks, it's it's going to be special every time. Yeah, it's not going to lose its luster. Nobody's saying don't do that. We're just saying on Valentine's Day, another reason to do it. I'm with John. Wow, Roush, how did you graduate any intellectual institution? You, my friend, are big old D-dumb. I wonder what I did this time to be a big Trivia old Trivia yesterday. Uh, another texter says, good morning, TJ. The coach's show was useless. Hugo should have been playing earlier in the season, so he'd be confident now. He's good at shot blocking. I understand don't put stock in what Cal says, but I also think based off how the season has gone compared to how things Cal has said, it shows he's out of answers for the season. I do agree with that. What grade would you give Cal's coaching job this year? I'd give him an F. Just seems like it's worse than the 19 and 16 years. There are 9 and 16 year. Uh, I do think this season is more frustrating than that 9 and 16 season, which is saying something. Because there was at least a little bit of apprehension going in, whereas this one we were thinking Final Four. Yeah, um, I'd also just give him an F. I think coaching-wise he's doing okay. I don't think it's like an X and O's F job, but you have to mix it all together. This season shouldn't be this bad. Wow, Roush, or another texture said, if you pay attention to the game and you don't hear the announcers, sorry, you all don't understand basketball enough to know where you need someone to tell you what's going on. Mute and radio broadcast works fine. You all are goobers. Uh, that's uh, You're making our point for us. You are the goober. Nick, complain about a two-seed is KSR to the max, SMH. 
Seeding matters, but these days we have to factor in whether a player freaks the team out by telling them they're all about to possibly die or suffer another vague tragedy. Yeah, I can't wait for the story this time next year where it's like, before the 2022-2023 season, Oscar brought out some tarot cards and showed each player exactly how they were going to perish. Uh, you never know what behind the scenes is going on. This team doesn't seem to love each other or play well for one another. They don't seem all that excited just to be playing basketball. Is that a locker room issue? Is it nothing? Is it the fact they don't win a lot? Who knows? Uh, but, again, does have to fall back on the head coach. He is the person overseeing all of it. Remember how much the fans complained about Keon Brooks? They all wanted him to leave. Uh, a lot of Yeah, yeah, a lot of people did. Nick saying we can't overlook what Oscar did in the past. Nick doing that with Cal. Yeah, um, not really, no. But it's also been eight years since Cal's been to the Final Four. It's also a little different just because I think Roush's point is that, like, Oscar ideally get back to what, like, get back to being dominant. It was three games ago, five yeah. games ago, yeah. six games ago, last season, National Player of the Year, where some of the issues with Cal, I mean, that's the reason why he's still around is what he did in the early part well, of his tenure. My, my overall point was that, like, it's because Oscar's going to have his jersey in the rafters and he should have something to show for in March. Cal's jersey is going to be in the rafters because he has something to show for in March. He has multiple things to show for in March. He's put banners up there. Texter Kirby says, anything more gratifying than triggering Roush and getting him to scream about how wrong I am and then having him naming four or five players he would take over Oscar right now at center even though he was the only consistent national of the player of the year. Don't play silly games with silly articles if you don't want to get the mud, Roush. Kirby coming after Roush. And I, for one, love it. I, for one, love it. He's going back to how you ended the show yesterday. Do you want to end the show with yelling? Suck it, Kirby! There we have it. All right, predictions for tonight. we got an update on our little scoreboard game nobody cares about. Scoots is winning. Seven points. Roush in second with six points. I'm bringing up the caboose with five points. So, Scoots, what's your pick? Y'all are all over me. I better get on it. Uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State tonight. 78-76. to I think it's a close one. And I don't know any of their players, so just give me the one we talked about who sucks at free throws. Uh, yeah, yeah him. Baloney. Mm-hmm. Roush, who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking the Cats. Okay. Taking the Cats because um, I'm so I'm, – I'm fading myself. Fading my own brain, taking the Cats, and uh, Oscar Sheboy. Okay. Do you have a score? Uh, Kentucky. Doesn't really matter. You're only – 71 69. You're the only person taking UK. Uh, I will take Mississippi State. I hope to be wrong, really hope to be wrong. There does seem to be, like, I've got a weird gut feeling that uh, the Cats may pull it out tonight, so that makes me a little bit more optimistic. They, they need it. They desperately need it, but I think just they've kind of let go of the rope, unfortunately, with this group. So I will take Mississippi State 67-59 to 59 and go ahead and give me Shaquille Moore for MVP for the Bulldogs. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the game. Go Cats. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. to talk about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big Ass.